All right. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, I'm not sure when you're going to be listening to this, but it is Wednesday. It's the beginning of May. My friend Steve Parisi has a he's got multiple liquids in front of him. <laughs> ready to rock. A lot of water and a lot of coffee, my friend. That sounds good. I got nothing. Um, right. I got I to gotta head out, I guess. Uh, we have something we want to talk about today, and it's around concept selling. And Steve and I were having a conversation off camera, and I was talking about years and years and years ago when I first started working in this business, somebody turned me on to... Uh, the leap concept, which is a you know well-known, old-fashioned, tried and true um, sales tool for insurance professionals uh, to talk about cash value life insurance and position it with their clients. And I thought it was really cool. I, you know, it was it was something I hadn't seen before. I thought it was really interesting. And as I I sat through some meetings and um, you know kind of dove in a little bit more, I just was struck by how. Anyone that I would talk to about Leap was like so gung-ho about Leap. Like it was like, this is where you put all your money. Everything goes into this policy and all your expenses get paid out. It was so, it was so um, absolute. There was no kind of mentality of diversification or how to maneuver in specific situations. Yeah. You know, not everybody, not every situation was cookie cutter. Um, and a lot of times when you're working with a certain kind of selling concept, or if you've adopted a certain kind of selling concept, you can get trapped in that where, you know, you're just on the, on the hamster wheel. And, you know, Steve, a lot of your conversations and um, videos and content sounds like infinite banking concepts, but you've got so many different kinds of clients and so many different kinds of cases that you're working on. And from working with you for so long, I've found that you're just trying to optimize, maximize policy values. So being a big believer in permanent life insurance and cash value accumulation and the power of dividends, we just want the best possible results. So how have you kind of stayed out of getting locked into a certain concept. Yeah, different concept. That That's a good question. And LEAP, by the way, a lot of agents, old-time agents might know what that stands for, Lifetime Economic Acceleration Process. I like the old calculators, by the way. I still use them sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah just because... I, I liked it a lot. I yeah. was immediately turned off by how... Um, I, I I don't. It was it was just too much for me. I didn't understand how it, it had to be like all or nothing. Is what it felt like. C correct. I mean, what it would do is paint a beautiful picture about life insurance, particularly the tax benefits, and then you have other calculators that allow you to run assumptions on taxable investments or tax deferred investments. And it's really nice. It's kind of like a, a PowerPoint slide, but it's built into a calcul calculator where you can say, all right, if you earn 5%, here's the growth over time. But then when you click this button that says taxes, you punch in your tax bracket, you see how much goes to taxes, and then you see your net return after those taxes are paid out. And then the advisor would say, oh, what about fees? If you've got an advisor, take out a 1% fee. So you thought you're getting 5% or call it 
7%, and then you're actually getting 4.5, oh, well, along with all this risk and such. So it, it's, <laughs> I don't want this to sound wrong, but it's a very, very effective tool to show numbers and provide transparency, which is what I like. But when you're using talking points with it, you can use it to attack different financial vehicles that you might not be in favor in. So what I've seen, similar to, to what you had voiced earlier, is people would use those tools really to beat up everything else and then say, here's the, the solution right here, the greatest product in the world, whole life insurance, and really advocate for getting as much money as you can into the policy. And that's one tool that does that or one concept you should say, you could say. Um, there's another uh, software, Truth Concepts, is very similar to Leap when you look at the actual uh, calculators and such that are used. You mentioned infinite banking, there's Bank on Yourself, all of those different concepts to interest people in whole life insurance. It, it puts a light bulb on, hey, I didn't know all that. I'm very interested in it now. So to get back to the, the point in your question, you've got these different concepts. How do we avoid getting sucked in? How I look at it is when people are working with us, really what we do is educate people on how whole life insurance works, how to maximize the cash value, what different companies and products are flexible, can I fund it for a short period of time, and you can go on and on. But typically, the goal of someone that is working with us is I want to maximize my cash value first, and I want to make sure that that's maximized. The death benefit's important too, but they're like, how do I get the most out of my, my dollars going in? So we do that. And then step two is using it, which could be a particular concept. So speaking to, to infinite banking, because you had mentioned that a, a lot of times our videos seem like that when we're not even talking about it. Right. When people approach us that are interested in infinite banking, typically what they're interested in is that concept. They like the idea of getting money into a policy. It continues to compound over time, meaning if I borrow against it, I'm still earning dividends on my entire cash value, the loan portion and remaining equity. So I get that constant compounding, and then I have control as to when I repay it and such. So there's no lost opportunity cost. And once I get that bucket of cash value large enough, I can use that policy instead of going to a bank or a lender and have to deal with all the headaches that a lot of people have experienced. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, so people often are interested in that. I want to be able to borrow against this policy as I build the value. But here's what I'm interested in. I want to make sure that this policy is not set up in a manner that negatively impacts me, meaning maximize the cash value first because that's why I'm interested in the whole life insurance policy. Like That's why I'm putting money into an insurance product because I want to use it, but I want as much money as possible first that way I can really put it to the, the fullest use over time. So we'll say, all right, well, you can absolutely practice that concept. Here's how you can design it. Here's different flexibility features. Here's different companies from an awareness standpoint and really set them up with a product, the tool that'll help them accomplish the goal to the great, greatest degree. Yeah, and I, would, I, I know that over the years, you've been questioned at times by different insurance companies about, you know, too much focus on cash accumulation. You know, what struck me when I looked at that, when I looked at the business that we've worked on, you know, what so often is the case is we're not having 
a lot of death benefit conversations, yeah. but the death benefit takes care of itself. I mean, if you're effectively and efficiently funding a mass mutual or a guardian whole life insurance policy that's going to work the way that you know we've designed it to work, you're going to end up with a maximum amount of death benefit down the road. So it's like in the short term, we want to maximize cash accumulation for living needs. In the long term, down the road, we're looking at, you know, what's going to be our legacy in the form of death benefit. But there's just not as many conversations about that up front. But when we do have a very specific kind of targeted death benefit need, that's when we're pivoting. And, you know, maybe we're looking at a cheap term policy or we're looking yeah. at a term rider involved in, you know, in one of these in one of these case designs. Yeah. And, and that'll come up. I mean, that, that comes up more than enough to say, ah, it's rare. Like uh, death benefit often is important. And even if it's a long term play, I mean, what you'll get with a high cash value policy is a policy with the greatest cash value long term will have the greatest death benefit long term. Because at age 100, they become equal. Some products is 121. Um, but my point is, if you're gonna if you're going to have the highest cash value near death, right? Especially when we pass age 85, you're going to have the highest death benefit too. So you'll naturally naturally get that. And especially if it's a a legacy plan, which whole life is frequently used for, that's where it can really really work well because now. I've been able to use it for the here and now, the cash value. That's what I was interested in. I want to have this death benefit as well. And that's often where you'll see that whole topic of generational wealth come up where someone says, hey, I was able to put money in this product. I was really comfortable with it. I could use it anytime I want and the money continued to compound for me. I had complete control. So I borrowed, repaid, I funded it. But then when I die, this tax, this income tax-free death benefit is paid to the next generation or my kids. What if I teach them to do the exact same thing and the death benefit's always massive, especially the tax benefit. So typically what you'll see occur there is people say, all right, let me set up a trust where the trust is the beneficiary. Sometimes it's the owner of the policies depending on an individual's net worth. But then that trust stipulates that when those proceeds are paid, new policies are started or pol existing policies are funded, on family members, they continue to use the policies as they have been. Some trusts are more creative where they say, hey, before you can actually borrow against the policy, there needs to be a vote or it has to be agreed upon, it has to be paid back. You can you can have a lot of fun with it. But my point is, yeah. you'll see life insurance, yeah, used to create generational wealth. And there's a, a concept behind it. I've worked on some cases exactly like that. A uh, good yeah. amount of cases like that, actually, where... You know, I mean, just to kind of, you know, summarize in a, in a blanket way, grandpa passes away and leaves a large sum of money for uh, the next generation and the next generation. And some of the stipulations involve um, whole life insurance that we're working on and explaining it to all the to the family is always interesting because, you know, you'll have a couple of people who um are kind of checked out, like really just don't care about any kind of planning or any kind of financials whatsoever. They're like, oh, this is what he wanted, whatever. And then there's another group of folks who are like, wow, this is, you know, I never would have thought of this. I can't believe he put this much thought and time and effort into this. Yeah. I guess this was really important to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they always end up being, being pretty cool cases. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say what you just said there, 
right? That gets a lot of people interested that, that fit that type of market, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I want that. If I can use my cash value and be able to leave a legacy and, and then see that my family saw all the time I put into it and they're set up for life this way, like people get really, really excited about that. And what does that have to do with the actual design of the policy? Like just on the surface, nothing. Nothing, really. So there's a concept that draws a lot of interest to cash value life insurance. So in that, ex take that exact case, someone's interested in generational wealth, perhaps it's a, the family office concept if you wanna make it more, <laughs> more in depth. But when you actually take that policy, that's where the importance of, or where the question's going to come up, isn't maximized because where everything falls apart or where people feel hurt, a lot of times emotionally, is they get a policy to practice this concept and then they find out that it wasn't set up in their best interest or not what they wanted. Maybe they couldn't just express what they truly wanted because they didn't understand the product enough and they feel like, ah, I was ripped off, it didn't work and the whole thing blows up in their mind. So that's really where the importance of setting up that product properly to accommodate the concept someone is interested in is critical. Like you have to do that because if you don't, then regardless of what you or I or the agent thinks, if the consumer feels like they were ripped off or taken advantage of, you lost. The agent lost. Yeah. Also, I mean, you, you know, getting back to that, you know, the idea of concept selling, I do think it's really important to, um, you know, if, you if you're using a certain kind of concept as an anchor or, um, you know, it's just kind of like a, a, a steadying force in your business practice. I just think it's so important that you have to preach and you have to talk some level of diversification. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you don't, as a consumer, if I'm talking, if somebody is trying to sell me something where I've got a variety of choices and they're just so gung-ho that their option is the only solution, that's a major turnoff. Yeah. You know? um, You have to be able to, uh, you know, look at each case in a fresh way, look at each client situation in a fresh way, and really try and identify what the best solution is. And, and maybe your solution that's your tried and true solution isn't the best solution. Correct. You know? Maybe and that needs to be modified <laughs> in some way. Maybe the client needs to go elsewhere and yeah. you need to tell them to go elsewhere in, in a, you know, in a kind referring way. Yeah, that's it right there, Mike. Like a lot of times in the business, like we always, we as agents try to always find a way to make it work. How am I going to fit this square peg in the round hole? Ain't going to fit. Stop trying to force it. Because well, happens? it's easy no matter how much experience you have, because, you know, again, before we got on this call, we were talking about a particular case. And, you know, Steve and I worked on a case at one point for a very brief period of time where, that was just not a, a good case and wasn't a good client and was not um, a situation where we could add any value. Yeah. And, you know, I remember at the very beginning of that feeling uneasy but also try to figure out a way to make it work because, you know, I'm competitive. It's business. I want to get it, you know, I want to get things done. I don't yeah. want to at some point walk away. I want things to be done in a good, reasonable way. Um, and we did walk, walk away because it was a bad situation. Correct. Yeah. You don't want to try and force that because you know it's going to blow up down the road. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, working with the cases with you, I, I've told this to you, like I still don't understand how it happened where we had that case and then another case that was just like the complete opposite so quickly. I'm like, how does this happen? Like when you just look at the statistics and numbers, I'm like, ah, whatever. It's it like is a home run and a balk back to back. Yeah, the other one was more like a grand slam, not like a home run. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, what other, have you looked at any other concepts um you know like our, our mass mutual agency some of the guys use uh wealth building cornerstones yeah is really cool mm -hmm. uh we talked about leap we talked about infinite banking i've had for some reason i get all these emails about circle of wealth a lot of it is is pretty similar has anything else maybe not even life insurance focused anything else conceptually over the last few years kind of jumped out at you yeah, good question. Um, no. So, I mean, you covered most of them. Like if you were to take Leap, Truth Concepts, Circle of Wealth, those are all, all, are all very, very similar calculators. They present and tell the same story almost in a different way. Leap yeah. is just calculators, right? I, and Truth Concepts is the same. Leap's done, I've seen a lot of um, new programs that have got more visuals and such. Uh, involved but if you just want the raw numbers like that's why i like them a lot like you yep. just plug it in give me the bottom line and move on right someone who's very data driven and engineer will love that love that kind of stuff right i remember using a circle of wealth i haven't used it in years but checking it out and it was same thing with the calculators but much more story driven as far as the slides and such that were presented which will speak to a different audience so a lot of times when you have those different systems and different uh, concepts, calculators, whatever you want to call them, they often tell the same story or the, they have the same goal with respect to selling. Same underlying values yeah. or meaning. Yep. Yeah. And there's other platforms too that do that and more. If you take um, Mass Mutual, I know they use eMoney, which is a nice platform especially for the client where you can sync up all of your accounts, whether it's a checking and savings account, wealth wealth management accounts with Merrill Lynch or anyone, life insurance policies, just one platform. Guardian's platform, I haven't seen it in years because it's only available to career agents, the living balance sheet. That, that one was nice. Like you could tell they put a lot into that where it was easy to use, easy to understand, great for the client. I'm like, okay, they put a lot of time into this and it's effective too. Right. So there's a lot of platforms out there, but you know, regardless of the platform, it really does come down to the agent or the advisor if they have multiple licenses and really what like what talking points are they using? What are they trying to sell? Or are they are they just pushing life insurance because it's the best thing in their mind, better than everything else? Like that's where, in my opinion, you do need to be careful because there are other things other than life insurance that are extremely valuable. Like when I look at our most high, the our most wealthiest clients, high high net worth individuals, they're well diversified. Right. They, like they are. And they, life insurance is a piece. They like it, but they also do a lot of other things and they do really, really well with that. Right. And that's the same thing on the corporate model. When you look at corporations, life insurance benefits them, but there are a lot of other things that do too. So it's really just being diversified. I mean, that's right. important. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, it's easy to 
I feel like as I've gotten older and more mature and more established in, in my life and in business, I look back 20, 25 years ago, and it was hard for me to relate to that high net worth business owner. This is It felt like some of those strategies were, that's for them. That's not applicable to, you know, 25-year-old Mike Courtney just starting out. But then as time went on, I started to realize that, you know, smart decisions are smart decisions, whether you're doing it with a dollar or a million dollars. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the concepts that we work on, I feel like a lot, a lot of the cases and clients that we work with are high net worth, they're business owners, they're well established, but um, saving money and starting to learn how to accumulate wealth should start, you know, when you're a kid, even if it's, you know, starts with 50 cents, it starts with a couple of bucks. Those concepts can still ring true. There you go. Yeah. And uh, the beauty of, of different concepts that are out there is they tell stories and stories get people's attention often much more effectively than just numbers, right? Tell me a story or show me an Excel workbook. Yeah. Like people are going to gravitate to gravitate toward the story. That's why the, that's why Hollywood is where it's at, right? Movies, <laughs> people like a good story. So concepts do tell stories and they support products and um, products and services that we want to sell, that individuals want to sell. So that's where the, they will help. It's just using it in the right and responsible way. Responsible is the most import, important word right there. Um, because when a company, an insurance company, in my opinion, doesn't like or doesn't support a particular concept, it's usually because there's too many cases of unresponsible or irresponsible selling. Like that's often what occurs. Complaints pick up because an agent didn't fully educate someone, a client's upset, they call a company, they file a complaint with the insurance commissioner, whatever it might be. And if they were just educated up front, that would not have happened. And then the company looks at it and says, hey, it was under this concept. That's what the client mentioned. Like, you got to be responsible. Take your time. Don't rush through something and mess it up because it's going to have an issue later. Right. Couldn't agree yeah. more. All right, listen, guys, if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, need help with your business, need help with your clients, Steve and I are always here. Feel free to reach out anytime. My name is Mike Courtney. This is Steve Parisi, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Steve. See you then, Mike. Thank you.